is the 77 WABC minicast. Well, the U.N. General Assembly is in town, and so are a cavalcade of protesters demanding things like doing away with fossil fuels. And uh, those protests are continuing as long as the U.N. General Assembly uh, is here in town. So where are we going as a country? Where are we going as a planet? What role will nations play? What role will climate change play? Someone who has spent a great deal of time thinking about these issues is Dr. Thomas P.M. Barnett. He's a military geostrategist. He's been a serial entrepreneur. He's been a widely read columnist and journalist. He's worked in the government. He's worked outside of the government. And now he's the author of uh, a fascinating new book with some very interesting solutions to some problems that the country and the world are facing. It's called America's New Map, Restoring Our Global Leadership in an Era of Climate Change and Demographic Collapse. Dr. Barnett, it's great to talk to you. Thank you for uh, getting up early for us on the radio. Thanks for having me on, Frank. You know, we hear so often that the 20th century was the American century, that especially post-World War II, the United States was ascendant. It went from being um, one of many nations to being a global leader economically, in terms of world peace, in terms of uh, diplomacy, a bunch of other things, and obviously there's a lot of things that played into that. A lot of folks say that when the history of the 21st century is written, it may be the Chinese century. It may be the Indian century. You don't see a lot of people necessarily betting long on America. So I'll ask you, is the era of American exceptionalism over? And depending upon your answer to that, how do we get it back? I would say it isn't uh, for the profound reason that we as a society, we as a nation, are best positioned and best experienced at the kind of skills that are going to be needed this century to deal with these large structural changes like demographic aging, rapid aging uh, across the planet, uh, climate change and what it's going to do more to the lower latitudes versus the upper latitudes. We're seeing a shift of the world from terms that have been historically east-west, you know, uh, uh, longitudinal on a map. We're switching from that world to a world that's going to be increasingly north-south or latitudinal in terms of its primary dynamics and where integration is going to occur. So it's not always, you know, are you the best or the strongest uh, superpower out there? It is, you know, what are the skills you bring to bear and what are the uh, the liabilities that you carry with you when you meet a, meet a, a great uh, strategic challenge like this. And that's what we're looking at, uh, this shift from an east-west world uh, to a north-south world because of these three large structural changes that are going on inside the uh, international system now. Climate change, which is going to impact lower latitudes, the global south, a lot more than the global uh, north. Uh, you've got uh, demographic transitions that are going on across the world. The North already beginning to see demographic collapse, aging, 
uh, countries like Italy and Japan, they're shutting down schools because they just don't have any babies anymore. Sure. Right out of Children of Men or something like that, the movie. Uh, and then the third reality that we face is that the great achievement of American-style globalization has been to create for the first time in human history something experts always said was impossible, and that is a majority global middle class. And that future of economic growth engine is going to be very different from the one we've had for the last six, seven decades uh, since the Second World War, which has been very Western-centric and increasingly very American-centric. We were the big driver of the global economy. The future of the global economy now, and this is what's so challenging us on on an interpersonal basis, is that it's not going to be white. It's not going to be American. It's not going to be European. It's not going to be Western. It's going to be something very different that makes us, along with all this climate change and the fact that we've got a young South and, and a very rapidly aging North, all these things point to the same outcome, which is North-South integration, okay? And when you look at it along those lines, that is a lot of uh, mixing of, of, of peoples and, and races, and that's going to take a tremendous toll on all the major players out there, but the one I would argue that's the least racist and the most adaptable to change and the most able to redefine itself, uh, that's the one that's going to do the best. And I think that's the United States, despite our flaws. That's very interesting. And I I have a lot of questions based on uh, everything that you just said. Meantime, though, whenever I bring up uh, climate change, uh, I am, you know, deluged with someone who has facts at the ready, who are, are, okay. who wants to challenge me on everything. So if uh, you're a lot smarter than I am, so since I am unable to uh, withstand the, the challenges of climate skeptics, I want to invite people to call in and have you address their questions about what role man-made fossil fuel consumption it plays in climate change. So if people want to um, bring up that, uh, I don't even understand necessarily the argument against it. But if they want to bring any climate skeptical arguments up with uh, Dr. Tom Barnett, now's the time, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. You have a uh, chapter in your book where you talk about globalization, the positives and the negatives. You uh, refer to it as Frankenstein's monster. All over the world, the Western world especially, we have seen the rise of nationalist politicians and parties. People like uh, Donald Trump in the United States. People like uh, Orban. Bos- you know, Orban in Hungary. Uh, Bolsonaro in uh, Brazil. Right. Marine Le Pen in uh, France. And nationalist parties in Portugal, Romania, Spain that would have been considered fringe not long ago, but are seeing right. more and more people respond to their messaging. Does this show that uh, whatever the pluses and minuses of globalization might be, that we're seeing sort of uh, a a reaction, a negative reaction from the population of these countries towards globalization. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, whenever there's a, a, a force of such a profound nature like globalization, there's going to be friction. And since globalization, you know, kind of forces the merger of identities and, and peoples along, you know, economic, social, security, all sorts of lines, 
all that content flowing. It seems to homogenize people uh, in terms of their perceptions. It doesn't, I would argue. It, it only brings out uh, our desire to maintain our differences all the more. Hence, you get things like Trump and Orban and others. You find people and, and nations trying to hold on to what's unique in their culture uh, in, in, in the fear that they're going to be swamped over time. And that gets expressed a lot in terms of immigration. You know, they are coming, they are diluting our whatever, our nation. They are making us different. They are turning my country into something I don't recognize. Uh, this is not the America I grew up in. Um, this is not a future where I recognize myself in it. And those are all very strong and, and powerful relations.